Amen, amen, amen. So I'm going to be sharing the word this morning, and I really hope that you're going to, well, I know you're going to be blessed, you're going to be touched, and you're going to receive something this morning. Everybody say, amen. Ah, Jesus, hmm. where to start from the beginning? Okay, we've heard this scripture, Romans 8. So many times, especially verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. And if you drop down to Romans 8, verse 18 to 22, and I want to read this in the Amplified. And we've heard this Scripture so many times, and I want to kind of take it from a, a different angle. Let me read it for you. I consider that your present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in you. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Romans 8 verse 18. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, it's been groaning, has been groaning as in the pains of a childbirth right up to the present time. Verse 18, for the creation wait in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Who's heard this scripture before? Now, if you think about creation, I always, you know, the whole creation. Now you look at the world, you look at the global warming, you look at all these stuff happening like hurricanes, abnormal things we're not used to. You know, I always saw it as like, that is creation, which is that. But it's not just that. Humanity, the animal kingdom, everything that God has created is waiting for you to be revealed. Now, I believe there is a day of a revealing, but there's a continuous revealing. It's continuous. We see glimpses of it, glimpses of it. And what I want to speak about today is you being revealed to the people around you, in your workplace, in your circle of friends. Reveal Him. It's not just about the talking to a hurricane and it sees it move. It's about touching the individual around you. Revealing the Father, His heart to the individual around you. When you pay for something in the grocery store, will you reveal the Father? We see glimpses of it. We see signs. We see wonders. We see where um, a guy's hand gets yelled. That's a revealing of a son. That's a glimpse. You've heard of stories where they did speak to a hurricane and you see it changes. I remember many years ago uh, when I was still at school, there was this guy. He was disabled, but it's like, you know, I just loved him and he would always come and speak to me and he had a twin brother and they were on an island somewhere the twin brother and he told me listen there's a hurricane that's about to come and hit their island I said no come on let's pray let's believe that thing is going to move away it's 
coming from the ocean is going to move. And we prayed together, and it moved. He next day was so excited. I'm like, God, thank you, Jesus. That's glimpses of sons being revealed. And I want to challenge you today. Reveal your sonship to people around you. Revealing our sons is where Christ is manifested. We see signs, we see wonders. When we manifest the kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17. When we walk in our authority, we reveal the Father. We be a light of the world. I'm going to throw this in here. The world is in mess. <laughs> South Africa is in a royal mess. It's time now. It's the time for you to stand up in your authority and speak against this. I'm going to read this. Last night when I was preparing, I wrote this. If you want to see it as a prophetic, I believe it's a prophetic word. And I want you to listen to this. As you look all around you to all the chaos, be bold and be strong. Do not be afraid because I'm with you. As you stand on my promises, my word, you will see and rise above. I've given you a voice, my voice. The time for keeping quiet is over. Stand and speak the truth in love and you will see how light will start shining brighter and brighter in this dark world. I'm gooses everywhere. As sons... We are living epistles. People read you. People watch your life. I remember one time, because you know yourself. You know your weaknesses. I know my weaknesses. My wife knows my weaknesses. <laughs> People close to me know my weakness. People close to you know your weaknesses. They know the thing that ticks you. They know the thing that frustrates the living dillies out of you. But you know, it's not about the falling. It's about the standing up. It will speak volumes of the Father and His love. We sometimes want to just, I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid for people to see my weaknesses. Don't be afraid. Because when you stand up, they will see you really believe what you believe. You have got to walk with God. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3. We are beginning to condemn ourselves again. Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letters, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are the letters from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. You are a living epistle. Paul wrote, sent it to the churches, which is the letters we read, but there was his life people could see. He means business. It is true. And especially in our time where we're living in right now, we have to stand even stronger. We cannot budge. We cannot just flow into this normal flow of the world and the normality of what society is saying and what 
government is saying and what's happening. We have to be different. As much as they don't want it, they want it. As much as they don't want you to speak the truth, when you do speak the truth, most of the time they come and say, you were right. Titus 2 verse 11 to 13. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to self-control upright and godless lives in our present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of the great God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ. I was speaking to Stace, and I speak to somebody in this week as well, and when I said it to them, I really felt like there was a word, like a, a prophetic word. Many of you have made choices that has gone against the grain. You've stood for righteousness. You've stood for justice. And you have made choices where normal people were doing you say, no, God says this way. And because of that, you will see the harvest of your choices to your generation and next generation and next generation. If I think back of our lives, normal people would do this. Or, you know, you're growing up and this is what you should be doing. And we're like, no, we'll do it this way. You will reap the harvest of your choices. It's difficult to make the right choices, but keep making the right choices. And you'll see the harvest of it. As sons of God, we walk in love. You see these people just operating in the gifts and which is for all of us, you just should desire the spiritual gifts. But it's with character. It should be with love. If you take character out of it, you take love out of it, it's a royal mess. Then you see what's going on in a lot of these places. I'm challenging you. Myself as well. Let's stand for truth. Let's walk in love. 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly first follow the way of love. First follow the way of love. First follow the way of love and eagerly desire this gift, especially prophecy. If you want to operate in all the gifts of the Spirit, start loving. Start loving. Because when you love, what will happen is that whatever that person needs, you'll operate in. 1 John 4 verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been fathered. The Net Bible says, fathered by God and knows God. I want to be fathered by him. I have noticed in my life sometimes when I stop loving and people start irritating me more, <laughs> or you know, I don't want to go around and greet people, I realize, Jesus, okay, something has changed in my heart. Pour your love in my heart because I don't want to be that. I want to love people. It's amazing, you see. A lot of times people come in and they're excited and they're in the front row. And as they start getting offended or the love starts fading out because of 
something so silly. They just start moving close to the back, to the back, and if you look again, out the door. It's like, you're missing it. When you start realizing something is changing with regards to, deal with it. Because you don't want to miss out. Let God come and father you. Because he is love. Now we've heard this story. Love covers a multitude of sin. That's a B part of that scripture. Have you ever read the A part? It says, above all, keep your love for one another fervent, constant. Because love covers a multitude of sin. We were driving, and my kids love this dinosaur, you know, and but this evil man with this evil man. And when they said it, I realized, you don't get evil people, you get hurting people. People hurt in their actions. Sure. I read this, and I want to share with you today. There are seven kinds of people that you need in your life. But these seven points, you can be to people around you. The one person that you need in your life is Paul, a mentor. But Paul was also a spiritual father. So seven, I'm going to run through them. You need Paul, which is a mentor, but he is also a spiritual father, or you need a spiritual mother in your life. It's amazing people take the baby with the water and they chuck it out because some people don't understand it. And they damage the church. You know, you see people, papa, papa. But there's true spiritual fathers, there's true mentors, there's true spiritual mothers. And because of society that has, I forget the word, emasculated male figures. It's like the church will say, well, there goes the spiritual fathers as well because some people just make a real stuff up of it. We cannot fall in the same thing of what this world is doing. We need fathers. We need mothers. We need mentors. Now, I want to read something here. Paul, being a mentor, speaks wisdom into your life, keeps you on track. Pastor John is that. <laughs> I'm off track. It's just like, in track. Okay, Jesus. Okay, here we go. And it's not always nice. But I'm learning, and I want to learn, and I want to grow. And, you know, a mentor will like, okay, let's bring the whip out now and again, you know. But it's good for you. Remember, we want to be manifested sons. We want to rule the world. But we cannot even submit under a mentor or a spiritual father or commit to a church. A mentor has a deep knowledge and understanding. Someone that can encourage, exhort, and edify. Sorry, I'm going to hop on this thing a little bit because it breaks my heart when I see these churches do this stuff. Papa, Papa, but do you have a relationship with that person? Are you walking a road? This is my spiritual father. Do you even know him? Do you even carry his bags? Do you even serve, but he's your father? He's your mentor? Sorry, I'm really passionate about this because a while ago, God started changing that in my heart because I really, I need a spiritual father. And Pastor John is my spiritual father, and I acknowledged it. He's my spiritual father. He walks the road with me. I've submitted under this ministry. God's called me here. Where's God called you? Are you mentored somebody close to you? 
you were a spiritual father, somebody can come to you and say, you know, you know, I want to share this with you, and they can trust you with these, their heart and their stuff. Now, they've taken the scriptures so out of context. Matthew 22. Now, it might go a little bit, you think it, what Jesus said here, it might sound a bit contrary to what I'm saying, but Matthew 23, verse 8. But you are not to be called. Now, if you read the whole passage, if you read the whole thing, Jesus was taking on the whole ranking issue of the day. Paul was continuously taking this on. You know, children in the Jewish time, that would actually meant absolute nothing. They were like, oh, just go away. How dare you just go, just go. And here comes Jesus. Do you want to be great in the kingdom? Become like a child. Taking that ranking thing on. He was attacking it and attacking it. Jesus is superior above rabbis. He's superior. He is the king of the kingdom. We under him. Now, if, where Jesus was speaking here, you shall not call anybody father. Okay, well, let's really think about this thing. I should not call my earthly father father. My biological father father. Now, here come Paul and says, there's teachers, there's prophets. Okay, well, then that goes out the boat as well. But Jesus was attacking this ranking issue because some of them were like, oh, my father, you must call me father. Well, is there any kind of relationship? Is there any kind of, is this about a title issue, a rabbi? You should call me a rabbi. Jesus was tacking that thing on. He was saying, you shall not call anybody father. Because he was saying, we're all equal in the kingdom of God. Here comes Paul. Now then, Paul missed it. Because he was talking about the specific thing in 1 Corinthians. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you. As my dear children, even if you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. We are living epistles. Can you really say, okay, imitate me as I imitate Christ? But you should not say that because it's, but Christ manifested through you. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy. Now, yeah, Timothy and Paul, they weren't related. But here comes Paul and he says, Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord, he will remind you of my ways of life in Christ, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. There is a thing where they take it out and they totally mess it up. But there's a healthy sense which I really believe God is busy restoring. Where he's really raising up true prophets, true teachers, true spiritual fathers. We need them. True spiritual mothers. We need them. There was many years ago, I want to tell this story, that this guy wrote Elephants and Men. Wayne Horn. Go read it up. I've got the link what a beautiful story. What happened in the Kruger National Park is that elephants started becoming distinct, okay? So um, sometimes I forget about the English words because I'm 
Afrikaans thinking. <laughs> so if I just help you, right? Okay. But um, so elephants started becoming distinct. And they realized they had to do something about this. So they started breeding elephants, and, and it started growing so big that they, it was like taking over the Kruger National Park. And so what they decided to do, they had to take some of them and put them in the Pilensburg Nature Reserve. So they built the harnesses. They've got the helicopters ready. And yeah, they're taking this, like a herd of elephants, but the harnesses they built was too small for the older elephants to take. It's a true story. So they took the younger elephants and all the female elephants. Yeah, they go to Pilensburg. And in Pilensburg, they realized something really strange. The white rhinos were being killed. And when they did some investigation, they saw it was like a spear that would hit the rhinos. But the tusks were still like, it stayed behind. And also, it, they, it just like a whole disruption was taking place in the Pillensburg. And when they did some research, they realized the younger elephants were killing the white rhinos, which was not norm. And they were destroying the Pillensburg Nature Reserve. So what they decided to do, they monitored it. So what they did is they did some, okay, how are they going to fix this? So the only thing they could think of, okay, well, we have to go and get the, all the elephants. So they built bigger harnesses. They brought them over. And six weeks later, everything changed. All the killing stopped. The older elephants were teaching the younger elephants how to behave like elephants. And everything changed. Today, we need spiritual fathers to teach us. We need fathers in the houses to teach the young people, the youngsters, to act like men and women of God. That's why I'll such a stuff up, because it just demasculated men. That's why you've got all this stuff going on. I want to say this one more thing, and I heard a guy say this, and if I'm wrong, please correct me on this, but when he said it, I thought it was so profound. They say a child from age zero to around about 13. Now, the mother is the nurturer in the house, the one that Marty coddles. You know, if the father wants to lash out, like, leave them alone. <laughs> exactly. Listen to them. Don't just react. I'm like, shush. I want to react. Yeah. You know, this sounds like a household. So they say from that about zero to about 12, the mother is very prominent. Not that the father is not there, but the mother is very much of the caring person. And they'll always be the caring person, even right through probably the day when the child's married, all that kind of stuff. So, but they say by the age of 13, they say the fathers really come in and they establish the identity of a child. The second person that you need in your life is a Timothy. A Timothy is a protege, as a disciple. Do you have a disciple? Do you have somebody around you where you can transfer, that you can give knowledge to, that you can impart to? A Timothy looks for advice, instruction, and perspective. When you help a protege in your life, work, church, etc., you will grow strong in your faith. It's amazing when you need healing, pray for people for healing. If you want to grow really spiritually, 
start imparting in somebody's life around you, and you'll see you'll grow in your faith. Another person in your life is a Barnabas. Do you know what the meaning of Barnabas is? Son of encouragement. Do you have somebody around you that encourages you when you're down, when things are just rough? But are you that to people around you? Son of encouragement. Are you encouraging people around you? Acts 4 verse 37. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the disciple called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Now, who was Barnabas? Barnabas was a good man. In the private and public, he had godly character, benefit both himself and others. He was full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Do you have a Barnabas in your life? And because of that, now I'm just reading Acts 11 verse 24, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. The next one, Stephen, a servant. Stephen was born a Jew from Greece. He was a learned man. He was educated. And he was trained at the feet of the teacher Gamaliel. Now, Acts 6 verse 3. Therefore, brothers, choose from among you seven men with good reputation, a godly character, and moral integrity, full of the Spirit and wisdom. We need Stephens around us. Now, Stephen... Even when he was caught, even when he had to defend his case, right at the end. It's amazing if you read the story. You know, I think those Pharisees, I could just see their faces. When Stephen looked and suddenly, if I say this, I hope you're going to link it to the other story. When he looked up, his face shone like that of an angel in front of the Pharisees. Do you think the Pharisees knew the scriptures? I'm sure at that moment they remembered Moses' face, Sean. Yet, they still killed him. And in that story, Stephen still said, Lord, do not keep this against him. Stephen was a humble man, even though he was more educated from all his accusers, Almost everyone around him, a true servant always thinks of, blesses, and serves others before himself. Even in his death, Stephen was concerned about his accusers. We need a friend in our lives that even when we're low, when we're down, they can encourage us. They can still serve us. Even when, it's like, what can I do for you? You're in this place right now. What can I do to, if it's just prayer, fine. If it's to help or something, let me be that for you. The other person we need in our life is Nathan, a friend who speaks the truth in love. Nathan was a true friend, a true friend that's been doing good times and bad times. And I want to skip to this part. Even when, (laughs) here comes David and he wants to build a temple. He's the king, king of Israel. And here Nathan gets a word from God and says, God, tell him you shall not do this. Picture that, the king. Here comes a prophet, and he says, you shall not build God a temple. David respected it because they had a relationship. But a friend, (laughs) here comes David, killed. And here comes Nathan, and even gave him 
the word that was not so very nice. And David accepted it from Nathan, the prophet, a true friend. The sixth person you need in your life is a loyal friend. Now, if you think of Ruth and Naomi, Ruth 6, when the whole thing happened with Naomi and Ruth, a loyal friend that's with you on the long ride. Ruth stuck with Naomi. Even she got persecuted. Now, Ruth, first she married a foreign man instead of her own Moabite home, boys. Second, she was probably ostracized from her family because she didn't marry from one they picked, as would have been the custom. Thirdly, her husband died, and she was forced to live with the mother-in-law, who, according to the scriptures, was a bitter woman over the loss of her husband and sons. Fourthly, widows and husbands they were not popular in the towns. Fifthly, now a mother-in-law is returned to a home where Ruth will be a foreigner. Ruth was a loyal friend, was loyal and a woman of character when you read the story. Now the last one here. Do we have an Andrew? We have an Andrew in church. A bringer. Witness, if you read the story of Andrew in the time of Jesus, what happened there was Andrew is mentioned three times bringing people to Jesus. Andrew brought his brother, Simon Peter, to Jesus. And then in John 6, verse 5 to 13, the whole story about the five loaves and the three fishes, Andrew brought the boy to Jesus and said, okay, well, this is what we've got. And everything changed. I can just imagine him, okay, well, that's what we got. Let's do this. Thirdly, Andrew is mentioned when the Greeks came to see Jesus. And Philip didn't know what to do. But Philip ran to Andrew and said to Andrew, okay, Andrew, what are we going to do about this, Andrew? Andrew said, well, let's go to Jesus. Do we have an Andrew in your life? Are you an Andrew to people around you? I'm going to end with this. I'm going to repeat this. We need a Paul. A mentor. Are you a Paul? Are you a mentor? A spiritual father? Somebody around you? We need a Timothy, a protege. Barnabas, an encourager. Stephen, a servant. Nathan, a friend who speaks the truth in love. Ruth, a loyal friend. Andrew, a bringer. Now, reading through this, you can pick from it. Okay, I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen this in my life. We want to be manifest sons of God. Let's start with people around us. Let's manifest our sonship to people close to us and around us. So that's my prayer for you today. And I really believe, I want you to just close your eyes and say, okay, God, who can I be this? Because I really believe that he's going to show you a person. I really believe that he might not show you now, but in this week, somebody is going to come in your path and you're going to be, I need to disciple this person. I need to be a mentor to this person. Uh, You know, I need to be a Ruth to this person. I need to encourage this person. Okay, can we do that? I want you to just say, God, show me somebody where I can manifest him. Hmm.
Thank you, Father, for just your sweet presence, Jesus. Your faithfulness, Father. Such a good Father. Father, you for the people. Do not disqualify yourself. There's more inside of you than you think. As you step out and you let that river flow, you will see it will touch people all around. Wherever you go, you will see my glory just flow and flow and fill the atmosphere. It is time to stand even stronger more than ever before and speak. Speak and act. Follow me, follow, and you'll see things will just so shift and change and turn around. So you're going to be a Timothy, you're going to be a Paul, a Ruth, a Barnabas. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that uh, for who you are and just for your, your love, your unconditional love, Father. Thank you for the people around us that we can touch and people around us where we can show just Christ and we can reveal the Son, reveal the Father to creation, people all around us. Thank you for your great grace. So, Father, I just bless every single person this morning here. I want to thank you, Father. I just want to thank you for a blessing over that house. Even it's healing, Lord, I just command life and healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. I declare and prophesy breakthrough over every single household right now. Even watching on live stream, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. That you will see the glory of God. That you will see the goodness of God. You will see, you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will be a light wherever you go. Where you go, darkness will go. And you will be a light and you will shine bright and bright. And people will see the glory of God just all over you. Where the love will just shine and uh, like fill the atmosphere all around you. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.